Cheng Tian grew up in the 1960s and the 1970s. She hoped to become a journalist and a writer one day, but everything changed with the Chinese Cultural Revolution. Her father was jailed and her mother was sent to work in Gansu, the poorest province in China. Ching herself was pulled from school and forced to work in a factory for over eight years. She witnessed dire poverty in China. These memories were seared in Ching's mind. They never left her, even when she immigrated to Canada in 1983. As a result, Ching built the most incredible organization that is all about women and girls holding up half the sky. This is her story. Welcome to Sippin' On Stories, where we take you into the lives of diverse and unique change makers who turn anxiety, fear, and passion into powerful recipes for success. Good stories build insightful connections, but great stories. Now, that's something special. Today's story is one of those stories. Hi, my name is Rose McInerney. Welcome back to Sipping on Stories. I am your host. I hope you're going to hit that subscribe button for Sipping on Stories and come back if you like what you heard today. For all you YouTubers out there, we're also on YouTube with our own channels. So there's something fun about watching the interviews as well. And a quick shout out, of course, to Womanscape.com. They are a living library of change makers, people making history and progress for the world. So into our lounge today, we are sipping on what I'm going to call Half the Sky with Ching Tian. But before we get into that, I'm going to tell you what I'm sipping on today. I am sipping on, and I say this wrong every single time, I call it Perua tea. I know it's not Perua, it's, I think it's Pruer tea. It's got a funky spelling, but here's what's cool about it. It's not alcoholic, but it is fermented. It's the rolling and the drying of tea leaves in China. They are fermented afterwards and have this rich kind of organic soil, earthy kind of taste. Perua tea, as I'm going to keep calling it, is very medicinal. It's great if you've got cholesterol or heart issues. And Chinese people have this every single day. It's an elixir for staying young and healthy. I think around the world, Chinese people, many of whom are not influenced by all the eating habits of us Westerners, they live good long lives. So I think that tea is definitely doing something. On to Qing. Her story is so compelling because she grew up in Beijing and, you know, she doesn't say herself that she's a child of privilege, but she, as a young girl in the 60s, does have access to a great education, she and her siblings. And it is during the period when the Cultural Revolution comes into play that Qing's world turns upside down. Hoping to be a writer or a journalist, everything changes when she and her mother move to the Gansu province. And her mother is a doctor and is traveling around to smaller little counties or rural areas of really great poverty. And Ching is able to see a different part of the world and in a different way that, that people in China are living. And it makes an impression on her that years later, she comes back to China. She leaves China in 1983, and she comes back 
to go and try to do something to make a difference with what she remembers. And of course, you fast forward during Ching's emigration to Canada and coming back, the country has changed quite a bit, but she still sees the need for helping young girls. That's pretty compelling no matter what country you live in. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring Ching into the Sipping on Story lounge and you can hear it from her and her experiences. Well, I am so excited and so honored to welcome you to Sipping on Stories. Hi, Ching. How are you today? Great. Nice to see you, Rose. Oh, thanks. Very nice. Thank you for Uh, inviting me to your uh, show. Oh, you're so welcome. This is, honestly, I am so excited for a couple of reasons. The first is I haven't seen you in a little while. So it's lovely to see you there in B.C., Um, And we can chat for a little moment about what's happening there, but also because I think your story could not be more timely right now with what is going on in the world, the fact that you are living in Canada and truly continuing for the last 15 years to work with women and girls in China and to, to lift them up. So, so let's start with the BC one, because that's probably a little less political and easier to do today. What's it, what's it like in British Columbia? Is it sort of, are you seeing the same things as what's happening in California and fires and uh, that kind of upheaval? Yeah, we, uh, you know, the sky is very blue outside. I think huh. we had maybe a week of very, um, you know, hard time mm-hmm. the, the air was bad and the sky was gray some people couldn't go mm-hmm. out and yes. after some rain last week it's all cleared okay. out you know, oh, it's nice cleared out. it's a beautiful fall day and it doesn't get any nicer so i'm glad you're there under blue skies and i am sipping on some tea today which i think you are too so cheers ching um and i have to tell you what kind of tea i'm sipping on as well Mm-hmm. This is Perua tea. Did I say it right? Poor. Poor tea. Yes. From a Yunnan province. Yes, yes. It's a fermented tea. It's a fermented tea. Um, I think I must have had like a, you know, a flashing tourist sign or something on my head. I've, I found myself when I was in Beijing, I was whisked into this beautiful tea shop. And they had, I didn't realize that tea could be like fine wine and that it can be fermented for 20 years, but I really do love it. So I feel like I'm getting healthy as, as uh, we start to sip on your story. And I think, um, so I was thinking about where to start with this. And I know that you and I met on the streets in Toronto on Queen Street, I think. That was our first meeting. And I believe we had a cup of tea that day. That's right. So here we are. I don't think I would have imagined this, but um, your story really, really grabbed me back then as it does now. And I'm hoping that maybe we can just start by you sharing a little bit of the organization that you've created and sort of what the mission is behind it. Tell us a little bit about um, EGRC. EGRC is short for Educating Girls of Rural China. So I founded this, you know, in Vancouver, B.C., as a charity in 2005 with the you know, goal of helping rural young women to receive an education. Yeah, right. this is a very, you know, um, re- uh, tightly related to my own personal journey and history. I grew right. up in China mm-hmm. and uh, experienced some very 
politically difficult time. Yes. And I didn't have opportunity to finish my own education. Mm-hmm. So I was still every day, especially mm-hmm. the COVID. You right. know, I, I wake up, I just feel so lucky to be in Canada. Yeah. And uh, be very grateful. Yeah. So this is basically, you know, like after I lived, um, I came to Canada in early 80s. Mm-hmm. And in early 2000, after 20 something years, you know, I just with, you know, that I have. You couldn't let it go. Yeah, I have two children mm-hmm. who were born in Canada, grew yes. up in Canada, mm-hmm. and graduated from Canadian universities and the McGill and the uh, um, University of Toronto. Mm-hmm. So after I watching, you know, my own children grow up in Canada with all right. the choices they have. And uh, compared to when I was at their age, mm-hmm. I felt my choice was very, very limited to none. Yes. So I just really figure out life is about opportunity yes. yeah, for everyone. And you've zoomed in on probably the greatest equalizer, which I think is education, isn't it? Absolutely. You have a really nice saying about what education does. Oh, yeah. For, you know, like... Um, so, you know, educated women have educated children. Yes. I think, you know, that's yes. Yes. universally absolutely true. Then educated, educating women, even after 15 years, 15 mm-hmm. years I've been doing this. Wow. I still, this is the most fundamental way to make better societies right. everywhere in the right. world. Yeah. Right. Educating women and girls. Wow. So, so a little bit more, you're, you're so humble when you tell this story, you're basically saying, you know, I came to Canada and my children experienced these opportunities and you wanted to give back. But I think educating girls in rural China also stems, as you said, from your experiences growing up in China at a particular time that was difficult, you know, and I'm speaking to the revolution. And that was a time for you personally, where your education was pulled away from you. To whatever extent you're comfortable, can you share a little bit of what that time was like for you? Because to your point, I think in this time in COVID, it feels like we're on a bit of lockdown here in terms of our mobility and our, our opportunities to, to move. So being a young girl, how old were you when this sort of took place and you're separated from your parents? Actually, I didn't separate from my mother. Ah, you know, the Cultural okay. Revolution, you talk about revolution. Yes. Uh, it is, you know, referred to Cultural Revolution. And Thank also, you. you know, before I forget, you talk about the lockdown. You know, physically, you know, we're mm-hmm. being, you know, locked down in March, April. Now there's a possibility the second wave, right? Yes, yes. So, you know, this is our generation, even many generations we haven't, mm-hmm. you know, experienced a pandemic. No. This no. is challenging. When you say about the lockdown, you know, that's also exactly the feeling I had okay. you know, during these eight years. I, my mom and I were sent it to rural regions of Gansu province, the yes. first province. I just suddenly came to this. I said, you know, physically, you can be locked down. Mentally, right? Yeah. Spiritually, you, you have a choice. You have Absolutely. a choice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, um, yes, I grew up in Beijing and from a family, not that special. You know, recently, you know, we're doing a book about EGRC's 15th year. I Mm. wrote, you know, 
uh, contributed wrote the article to the book. I was okay. I talked a little bit of my personal journey as well.、Mm-hmm. You know, I came from a family valued girls, even、uh. from my grandparents, and also valued education. So that's why you know from、uh, from my parents' generations, you know, my parents and my aunties and uncles. Mm-hmm. There are like a seven medical doctors and a professor、wow. and a nurse and a, and a high school teacher, and it's all because my grandfather, you know, he didn't have a university education, but he determined、okay. just to have you would children、right. and even his nephews and nieces educated, okay. Okay. and、uh, also,、uh, you know, from my parents, even my grandparents always、mm-hmm. valued girls, which、yeah. I think I'm very fortunate. You、yes. know, to all these years, you know, whatever I have experienced and came to, I grew up with the support and the love made me、yes. very strong. That's a beautiful way of expressing that, and I'm glad you sort of called me out on this one because there is sometimes people that know a little bit about China, especially the sort of late '70s, around '78, '79, when we we got into the one-child policy. I think there's a tendency to think that girls haven't been valued, and so I love what you're saying here that there's room, just like there is in any society in any country, where families. Are making choices in your family, given your experience. I mean, girls were valued, and given these opportunities, you were at a great school. And obviously, I mean, your siblings have grown up and have professional careers. So we can't make that mistake of blanketing and saying, "Oh, women weren't valued," because that's just not true. So I love that. I I know that those eight years. Being pulled away and separated obviously stayed with you because you moved from the city. Beijing is a thriving metropolis, a beautiful, beautiful city, and you moved to rural, a rural part of China in Gansu that was very different, and the conditions were not anything you had experienced. I don't think were they? That's right. It's a、yeah. completely different world.、Um, yeah. Yeah, and those are the girls you're focused on, aren't they? You know, the girls that are in rural parts of China that might not have the opportunities, just like in other countries where there may be less access to institutions and learning, the same kind of access. So we're talking about two different periods here. The first period,、uh, period, my mom as a doctor and I,、okay. we, you know, like a. Her whole hospital was removed from Beijing to Gansu Province. Gansu、uh, Province is、okay. located in northwest China, and you know it's always、mm-hmm. you know, was the poorest, you know, considering、uh, the province in in China. Okay. And、uh, during that time, you know, just like you said, my school was interrupted. All the schools were closed, even. Yeah. Okay. And、uh, so I had a choice. It's also. I'm not only when there's a millions of young people, you know,、uh, were sent to remote, poorest parts of China、mm-hmm. to get re-educated. It's called re-education, including intellectuals、right. like、uh, school teachers, professors, scientists, yeah, including medical, you know, like、uh, doctors、okay. and nurses.、Okay. Was very,、uh, you know, different time, chaotic time. That's just the aftermath. Of、okay. the Cultural Revolution,、okay. so really living in Gansu, you know, just 
gave me a whole um, you know perspective of life. So by then, this is 1970s. Okay. So China hasn't developed at all. Mm-hmm. Beijing is very different from the Beijing you saw last year. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, Beijing always is the cultural hub of China and also mm-hmm. was the capital. I, yes. I grew up even material-wise, material yes. you know, we're comfortable. You know, we didn't, we have clothes, simple clothes. We mm-hmm. go to school, you know, everybody, money is not a, it's, we, yeah. I don't have much idea because everybody have a very similar income. Right. Similar income. Okay. Intellectuals, probably um, doctors and uh, professors earn a little bit more than, you know, factory workers, but yes, but not that much difference. Okay. So, and, um, but the rural region, my mother was a doctor. She traveled to remote villages in the seventies. Okay. So I didn't even, you know, you didn't go with her, right? No, I I was there. I was there, but I, we lived in a county, like a small town. But okay. she traveled to the villages. Gotcha. So she really saw the dire poverty during those wow. times. Wow. And also she brought back those stories, probably stuck with me, how women and girls were being treated. I see. Okay. You know, the girls at that time, probably uh, most of them um, mm-hmm. engaged when they're eight or nine and married their 12 or 13. Because also wow. they want to marry a girl off to get some cash and dowry to yes. find the wife for their son. I see. So they're betrothed really early. Right? If a woman didn't give birth to a son, that was big trouble. All kinds of yeah. Um, I see. Uh, okay. Trauma, tragedy. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so this is in the seventies, but okay. now. I, we talk about yeah. from 2005 after I, I left there in 2000. No, no. 83s, the 80s? Uh, no, I left Gansu in 1978. And, um, Back to Beijing? Been, uh, okay. For a few years before I came to Canada. Then I lived after I lived in Canada. After I came to Canada, China has, you know, has had all these Change. changes and uh, economic development. Mm-hmm. So in 2005, I had the idea of how girls, particularly in that area, I yes. know, right. uh, helped girls to have a, receive an education. But I really have to find out that after 20-something years, the need, <laughs> right? Yeah, where to go, how to do it. That's right. Actually, from 1970s to 2005, things definitely yes. changed for better. And 15 years, 2005 to 2020 today, mm-hmm. the things are even further, you know, yes. progress yes. for better. Right. Right. But at the meantime, you know, between the gap between the wealthy and the poor, you know, education mm. accessibility between rural and China is dramatically widened. And the things, you know, people can get rich or financially, mm-hmm. you know, have yes. a dramatic change in a short time, but the culture is not going to change over time. So this gender inequality, how mm-hmm. they, you know, the girls and the women were being treated, yes, has improved. 
but okay. far not as much as the right. economic development. Yes. So this is this is the the key. This is the key that you've you've identified. Well, and I think you're right. There was so much that went on in the way of changing and the growth of China itself and the economic disparity, that sort of gap widening, as you say. I mean, China from a population standpoint is the largest in the world. And then from a landmass perspective, what's really interesting is I think it's third or fourth biggest from a, a landmass over a million kilometers, I think. So it's very spread out. And as you say, of course, in a country that size, you're going to have huge differences depending on access, where you are, if you're in the city or not. But I think what's really riveting about your story is, you know, you started in Beijing and you you had this transformative experience as a, a, how old were you as a younger girl moving with your mom? 17. So 17, just the right, uh, having three teenage daughters at one point in my home. I know what that is. It's an impressionable time there where um, that is going to shape you for the rest of your life. So, so then coming back, so moving away, having a family of your own, and then coming back and identifying, this is something I want to do to give back. You want to give back. What's the challenge in doing that? What makes it hard to do this? I mean, to have a nonprofit, is it a difficult thing to be able to do? You operated in Canada, not China. What was difficult or how did you decide how to do this? Um, I didn't find is that, you know, no? um, you know, I just have this, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't know how many girls I was going to support. I didn't know how long mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. It's really just a simple idea. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I was very, I think I, you know, a few times, a big changes in my life. I think I was uh, quite brief. Mm -hmm. I was able to take so-called uh, risks. Yes. You know, everything, if I make a change or you start something new. Yes. And uh, there's always some risk related. Yes. Um, you know, I think, you know, talk about myself. I definitely, um, you know, measured the risk. I felt quite confident, mm -hmm. you know, I was able to do it. Yes. But on the other hand, also I have that tendency just jump <laughs> into the water without how deep and swim. And uh, so there's a, you know, combination about myself there. Actually, I was really inspired by a program already existing in 2003 ah. by UNICEF called Go Girls. So my daughter was involved singing with the Vancouver Children's Choir. Okay. And they were singing a benefit concert for UNICEF. Mm. Actually, the many race that evening was going to the program in Africa, two countries called Go Girls. I, re I remember this. I remember this program. You know, that evening I was in the audience. I was inspired. Okay. So many years, you know, I left again, so didn't even want to look back. You know, I think yeah. I just, but um, all the hardship, the isolation I experienced. Mm -hmm. But uh, the first time I thought of the stories, my mom yes. told me how the girls and women were treated. Then immediately I thought they probably just as smart as my children even more. Why they don't deserve an opportunity? 
It always is reduced to that, Ching. It is about being brave enough to just jump in, or a friend said this once, and, and I think this is good. You learn how to work the parachute after you've jumped out of the plane and you're on your way. So that's sort of what you did. You just said, I'll learn how to swim. I'll go in. And I've also heard you say before, Ching, in, in listening to you, because you've been nominated for so many incredible awards for what you've done. And I've heard you say this before, that in the back of your mind, that jumping in was about if I just help one, if there's just one, then I've made a difference. And, and what are we up to now? It's way past one. Up to this year, it's, uh, you know, we're still selecting some high school girls uh, in the okay. fall, probably up to last year is 1280. And this oh, year wow. probably add another 100 or so. Okay, so almost 1,300 girls. So um, maybe we can dive into the program a little bit so everyone understands what it is. I know typically at this time of the year, you tend to go back to China and you're, you're there and you visit. What happens when you identify a girl? So you've got this charity. Tell me how it works. How do you find the girls um, and identify them and what happens in this program? Yes, over the years, I first, uh, I, I want to make it clear at the beginning you know, especially in 2005, you know, maybe the first 10 years of my work, there are numbers mm-hmm. of girls without our sponsorship. Simply, right. they are not able to attend school and mm-hmm. all at a great, great risk of dropping out because right. of a la- lack of financial support. Mm-hmm. And so when over the years, when we identify a girl, you know, we 100% evaluate her financial need. We're not looking at her academic performance as okay. long as she accepted by school, university and high school. Okay. At the beginning, I had so little money. The first year I raised $27,000 and uh, there were need of elementary school, middle school, high school, and a university. I had to make a decision. So, um, so I made a decision of sponsor university um, girls. Okay. Why I feel university because you know if you only can do so much, there's a lot of need. I think that university education is a life changing yes. game. You yes. know, once you finish university, you earn financial independence. Yes. You're able to earn the, you know, like a an income. Income, and you should be able to, you know, to mm-hmm. figure out what you want. Think for yourself and able to help your family or siblings. So th- this is exactly true. And um, so how we identify a girl is at the beginning is through interview. Mm-hmm. I personally did all these interviews and the home visiting for many years. Okay. And at the beginning without team, we only started having team is 11 years later. Okay. I didn't know right now. I think I, right now I have a small but very dedicated capable team a small team of young women Mm -hmm. but I right now think the first 11 years I you know I just sometimes my cousin even (laughs) some local government officials was really touched by what you know you wanted to do yeah they become my volunteers I see yeah so I traveled to you know to meet the girls every year and uh, also from the beginning I decided they need not just one shot, they need every year, they need a financial sp- you know, yes. sponsorship yes. And to continue to succeed, to graduate. Mm-hmm. And also 
from very early of my work, maybe I started in 2005. I, I think in 2006, I made a decision, not only just, you know, sponsor them financially for their whole duration of study, mm-hmm. four years, five years of university. And right. also I, I think they also need lots of emotional support. Absolutely. So I want mm-hmm. to establish a personal relationship with them. I want them to, yes. to get to know each other. So that's why every summer I travel to their hometown. Okay. Yes. When a summer holiday, they're all at home. So ah. together. So okay. this has been a tradition for 15 years, mm-hmm. but 2020 is the only year I year was not able happen. to go. But okay. I have a great team, you know, yes. and they, you know, we still, that are there. You know, uh, we yes. still did our, you know, annual gathering. So what have you found then with these girls that have gone through the program? What's happened? Have they come back? Do they stick with it? Are they helping now? Other women? What's the, because it's been 15 years. So what's happening with that? Yes, I think that's a very important part of my work or mm-hmm. our work to, you know, engaged girls, even the, after they graduate. At the right. beginning, you see, just like sometimes, you know, talk about the business plan. I don't know how I'm going <laughs> to do the business plan 15 years ago, make a three, five year plan. I still yes. don't have a long term plan tell you the truth yes. have some idea because right. special things are evolving mm-hmm. and our work especially our program has have to you yes. know make the changes to fit the need the current situation right and china you know things are especially changing china. so fast mm-hmm. so fast agreed economically mm-hmm. so i think it's very important you keep yourself flexible you you yes. have the vision and a goal that doesn't change but yes. how you do your work have to according to the situation and the need mm-hmm. especially the need that's really well said and i think just from an entrepreneurial perspective that's what everyone is doing right now they are shifting and figuring out what's the new economy from supply chains and how we're doing business to business so you have a very keen intuitive sense obviously and this has taken you so far and I don't see any limits for you, Ching. I think you're going to continue to do this. We touched only a little bit on the politics. And if I can if I can add this to it, I think one of the things for our listeners, you know, people that are listening to this podcast may be saying, what an amazing woman Ching is, what a great organization, but why would I want to give there? There are hardships in Canada and other kids um, within the Canadian economy or the U.S. economy that are suffering. Why is it important for us to look outside of our boundaries and consider helping another group of women or other, other human beings in other countries? I think, you know, my ideas, you know, they are, which is so true, especially in the West, you know, yes. we're living... Um, a society of abundance, and also we have the tradition of giving. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, your family or individual choose which organization, what yes. causes to give, usually directly related to your own personal or family experience. I mm-hmm. think we all choose a cause which is mm-hmm. close to our heart. Yeah. yeah true. And uh, also talk about the regional choices, like uh, 
So why not Canada? Because from my personal, you know, experience, you know, I already I told you how grateful、yeah. I feel. <laughs> you know, I am able to live in a country like Canada, but China,、mm-hmm. I feel that's where I came from.、Mm-hmm. I had some hardship. I still see people are. Having some hardship, especially women and girls, for different reasons. Maybe not politically, financially,、sure. and gender related. Yes,、I、world has become very small. You know,、mm-hmm. like、um, we, especially Canadians or Americans, yes, either ourselves should consider ourselves not just our Canadian or global citizen. We're privileged. Yes, It's our. Responsibility to help others, but in the long term,、mm-hmm. I think it's are the people. Yes, among people are women.、Mm-hmm. If we have a stronger educated generation of Chinese women,、mm-hmm. I hope in the long run, yes, know, will make a difference. So talk about why you know I my parents valued girls because they are educated people. Yes. Right.、Mm-hmm. So I think it depends. Really, you know, for me, you know, like、uh, also on on the pr- practical side, you know, I could gone to have gone to Africa, Kenya, or、sure. South Africa. I've been there. I saw the need. But China, because I I was from there. Yes. I know the culture. I know the language. I know how things works.、Mm-hmm. So、I think there I can do most efficient. Yes. Efficient work.、Mm-hmm. You know. I, but I'm not too sure if use the same time, energy, and my knowledge, limited knowledge, I can make the same impact in a foreign country, which I don't know. It's a really good point. You know, you have a number of wonderful things in there, and I think I'm going to pull out the global citizen card, especially if you are a citizen that is one of privilege and you've had access to education. That there is value in bringing everyone up. So that together we make better decisions, and we live in a world that is more peaceful, that is more understanding, where there's a shared cooperation in terms of what's good for everyone. And I think to your point as well, obviously we're going to have our own personal experiences, our cultural connections and ties, and those are going to to be part of it. But you know, from a personal level, Ching and I. I may have shared this when I visited in China. You know, I had people on the Western side say, "Well, why are you going there? Why would you go to China?" And not just about the giving. And for me, it was such a lack of understanding of culture and an appreciation for the shared ways that we see the world and the shared things that just on a human level. I appreciated those things more than I did our differences, and that the differences were ways for us to grow. But my experiences in China were nothing but positive. Honestly, we have so much to learn from China too. The transportation system, the all of the culture and the the years and the heritage there. The gardens are the most beautiful that I've seen almost anywhere in the world. I mean, going into so many of the tourist places too. So, I, I guess I'm I'm sort of rambling on about this Ching because I feel like there's、um, a little hump that people need to get over. That it's very easy in this world today to make assumptions or to stay in our own lane. 
you know, our listeners that have, have heard your story, how can they give? How can they support what you do if they feel compelled like this? Yeah. Um, donation, also, also, you know, it's always welcome. And, uh, you know, fundraising, uh, we have like over 400, uh, you know, girls in the program. It is a big challenge, especially yes. this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just realized, you know, I just want to add a little bit about China. Please. I think... You know, like um, um, it's always you know it's better to include China rather than exclude China. So we hope you know we can eventually. You know, things happened. We have to be very honest, including myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, things happened recently between mm-hmm. Canada and China, or yes. just just the China alone. There's some upsetting, disappoint, disappointment. Yes. You know. Yeah, but it's very important, you know, we look at it in, in the long run and, uh, you know, we try to find something we can work with rather than mm-hmm. try to focus on the, the right. negative. That's how I feel because we cannot ignore China. No. Um, you know, yes. whatever China, good or bad, is going to make a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, we start from women and education it's always right. a very, the most fundamental, important way Agreed. Yeah, to, Agreed. To, to, to bring people together, to make better societies. Mm-hmm. And the second, you also asked about alumni, yes. our graduate. I think that's a very important um, you know, thing I want to... Uh, progress you've made, yeah, yeah. progress, because over the years, we have like a, our university graduation rate is 100%. So every wow. single girl you know, it's graduated. Mm-hmm. So this is largely, you know, I think due to the emotional support and also the social network between mm-hmm. the girls, between the girls and organization and myself, we right. build this, you know, they're able to, you know, to turn on to, for us to help when they need it. And mm-hmm. then they're able to help each other. They feel EGRC is their second family. Mm-hmm. At the meantime, we established EGRC Alumni Association, and the girls okay. decided to give back. We mm-hmm. just finished, not yet. September, okay. September 30th, which is a couple of days later. Yes. And our alumni annual crowdfunding is going to end. That's the girls giving back financially as well. Do you have plans for EGRC to grow within China? Um, because it sounds like it's been fairly local around Beijing and some of those areas. Is anything happening that way? Our fundraising effort is concentrated in Beijing and Shanghai. Okay. But the girls are from Western China. Most of yes. girls from Gansu, as I mentioned, yes. and smaller members of girls from Guizhou, Another province in the southwest, beyond the financial sponsorship, we also have right now, we are even included once a year training the parents. So that's, Uh I found after they graduate, who hold them back? Mm -hmm. Lots of the time are the parents. Oh, boy. I I would have liked to have been able to retrain my parents when I graduated. (laughs) Just give them some ideas. So make them, it's part of their girls' education, not just provide. So to understand today's world, the new society, and the choices that girls have when they're educated. Right. So that's, that's, you know, like also we also raised mental health 
mm-hmm. uh, issue, and also we had a first campaign called "Say No." Even we touched、um, sexual abuse, harassment,、uh, and、okay. the career. You know, so this is a much larger, broader education of the whole being, not just the academic part. Which honestly is everything, isn't it?、You、that's、know? right. That's right. Yeah. What What would you say to people、um, that have ideas to do this on some level to help someone else?、Um, do you have any words of advice in you know not telling them how to set up a program, but truly how to make a difference in the world in their own way? Do Do you have a guiding mantra? What is it that keeps you going that you think other people need to or could benefit from knowing? Yeah, I think of course I have that kind of a、uh, moments too. You know,、mm-hmm. not even once or twice I feel totally overwhelmed, a little bit discouraged. You know,、mm-hmm. but the only thing I think, you know, what I've been asked these questions many times: what, you know, the reason kept you going for so many years? Yeah, I would say the first are the girls because、mm-hmm. I see them every year. I do have, you know, like through WeChat email. And we have, you know, I connected personally with some individual girls. Right. Like sometimes, you know, recently, two girls just randomly send me,、um, you know, an update on their new on their What's life. What's happening? Sure. That's right. This one actually we sponsored、uh, from 2006, and、oh. she's studying like a five-year、uh, undergraduate related to biology. Okay. I thought that she was going to be a medical doctor. Actually, she's a research researcher. Okay. So then she also finished her master's degree. I didn't know because we haven't talked for a few years. She's、mm-hmm. um, she's mother of two boys. Oh goodness! And, and、uh, she's still working, and、mm-hmm. she has a supporter. Then she told me she what she started PhD program. She said, "In the lab, I have lots of ideas, and、mm-hmm. I want to do more. But I、right. feel, you know, those newly graduated PhD、mm-hmm. you know, students, they have lots more advantage over them. Sure. And so she decided she wants to do a PhD.、Good、I was、her. just so, you know, not great mother、yeah. of two and doing a PhD. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I, you know, the confidence level and also the courage." And、mm-hmm. um, so、yes. I just think when I receive something like this, I just felt you know so encouraged, inspired.、It's、That's、really、right. I think of the girls, and the、yes. second is somebody like you, my supporters, donors.、Yeah. Yeah. You know, over the years through this、mm-hmm. work, I met some inspiring people. You know, because this our fifteenth year,、mm-hmm. so I've been you know. Look at our donor base. Some, you know, there are few has been giving for fifteen years. There are many、yeah. giving for ten years. Amazing! So, such loyal donors、mm-hmm. and supporters. I just feel, you know, honestly, being in your presence, Ching, I enjoy your company on a personal level and also on this professional level. I'm just inspired. I'm wowed by what you continue to do every day. I just want to say thank you for. Coming on and sharing your story、um, in such an honest and、um, real way with everyone, and and being unafraid to continue to build what you build, you're amazing. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity.
Oh, you're so welcome. And we're going to post, so you know, Ching, we're going to post details about EGRC on the website for Sipping on Stories as well and ways for people to give. Look forward to chatting again and catching up, okay? Thank you. Good luck with your Thank program. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Ah, that was an amazing, maybe a little bit long for all of you listeners out there. I hope we uh, kept you entertained. Having gone to China more than half a dozen times and having a chance to go not quite out um, as far into the rural areas of China that Ching mentioned, I do know that there is such diversity, but it's such a richness of culture that it is a shame to think that a trip to China is not worth doing. I say this all with COVID as the backdrop and many naysayers and finger pointers that may dispute what I'm saying. There is nothing else on this good earth beyond trying to help our fellow human beings in whatever way. It doesn't really matter if you give to China or you give to India or to Africa or North America. But the point is, I think that you give and Ching shows us in this giving What comes back is such goodness in the world and this lifting up. Uh, We all know amidst protests and fighting and anger right now in the world that we could use a lot more stories like Ching's of goodness and to see the healing power that it can have. So with that, I hope that you were entertained today. If you have questions, I'm going to invite you to reach out. You heard the takeaways for today. Women hold up half the sky. Women and men hold up the sky. We need to do our part. I don't want to sound preachy, but get out there and feel what it's like to do some good. Revel in Ching's story. Try to step aside from the politics and be an ambassador of this world and connect on a human level and you'd be amazed how much progress we can make. I am going to thank you for listening today again. I want you to know that you matter, that you are loved, you are appreciated. This life is a short one. Make every sip count. Look forward to talking to you again. And that's a wrap. Sipping on